Welcome to Career Tipper Podcast, hosted by Michelle Beatty. The Career Tipper Podcast is a motivational resource that shares career and entrepreneurial tips by industry experts that will help amazing people evolve to their professional best. And now your host, Michelle Beatty. Episode 29 of the Career Tipper Podcast features Sable B. She's returning for the third interview of our three-part series connected to our course, Her Career by Intent. Sable B is the creator of the professional development organization for women and girls of color, Real Brown Girls. The organization promotes a community of women online and in the world who understand the value of supporting other women of color who seek to advance professionally. Over 35,000 women and girls of color are a part of this online community. Sable curates experiences through multiple platforms that caters to women of color looking to grow as a professional and advance in their respective careers. She is on a mission to let women of color know and believe that the career advancement is possible. We're going to continue our conversation from last week and discuss the third and last focus of the Her Career by Intent series, Create Your Promotion. Sable's going to share why it's time to start telling yourself why you can and start focusing on how you will create the promotion that you want yourself to experience. I'm your host, Michelle Beatty, professional development author and coach. Sable, welcome back to the Career Tipper podcast. Hi, Michelle. How are you? I am good. This is going to be awesome. I know this is like our final interview, but I just know you're going to drop some wisdom nuggets to help people create that promotion for themselves that they're looking for. Yes. Yes, I'm ready. I'm ready. Okay. Well, last week, um, the Her Career by Intent conversation progressed with us chatting about making a career change now or later. And we dismissed doubt and we chatted about how to clarify and identify timing options of the next moves to be made to advance in your next level of professional best. Now, I'd like to discuss potential strategies to get connected to the next right fit promotion for yourself. Now, Sable, we both know there's no cookie cutter strategy for these efforts. There are mindset strategies that can get the creative juices flowing on how to make this goal a reality. So please share one that you've seen work well for your program participants. I think for a mindset strategy, what I'm going to suggest is a little further than a mindset strategy, but it definitely highlights the fact that you said like there are no cookie cutter strategies It's really sitting down and figuring out, you know, what it is that you want to do and highlighting strategic lateral moves and then highlighting moves that would be an immediate, um, an immediate promotion. So a lot of people, you know, you're like, all right, I'm ready for a promotion. I'm ready for change. And Based on how someone feels, they're like, the absolute next position must be a promotion. Like, I'm not moving if it's not a promotion. And which is fine and is fair to feel that way. But it's also important to take note that a lot of companies, although they will advertise the positions because legally they have to, when it comes to promotions, a lot of companies will opt to promote internally before they take that search outside of the company or organization. So I think it's important to highlight, you know, the mindset of being willing to make a temporary strategic lateral move to get yourself in the door 
of the company or organization you want to work for, and then plotting your upward promotion from there. So I just don't want folks to overlook a lateral move under the mindset that it's a step down when it's really just a, str a strategic step across. Mm. I like it. And that makes a lot of sense. Now, there's a lot of talk that some may view as chatter, depending upon where you stand with this conversation about, you hear a lot of people talk about becoming <clears throat> your own boss, like yeah, boss and mm -hmm. it's time and the whole verbiage that goes along with that by launching a side hustle tr to transition out of your nine to five. So if one doesn't want to leave their nine to five, but they want to launch a career change or gain professional expertise that isn't an option in their current workplace, I believe that you can launch a side hustle to gain that needed skill or experience. What are your thoughts? I think that there's nothing wrong with a side hustle if you're starting it because eventually you want it to replace your nine to five or if you're starting it because you want to create a promotion or if you're starting it for whatever reason. I think that you just have to be strategic behind the why to start the side hustle in the first place. And you are always able to change your mind, but it's just, you know, why are you starting the side hustle? Is it just because you want to bring in a couple of extra dollars a month? Why are you starting the side hustle? And then being, I'm going to say this word constantly because of the nature of the topic, but being strategic about it. So I would never tell someone like, no, don't do it. I would just say, absolutely. But what is your why? Kind of like last week with, um, you know, career change now or later, what, what is your why? So I think that side hustles are great, especially if you're launching it for the sole purpose of creating your own promotion. And if not, you can always use it to explore interests that you have to see if you would be willing to commit to a real long-term change within that interest. Now, I know in the previous episode, you shared career choice versus hobby. How yes. does that apply to this particular perspective? So I'm glad you brought that up. So let's say there's something that you're really interested in. You adore it. You love it. But, you know, you don't want to make this your, your sole livelihood. You can, that is an example of what could be considered a side hustle. Like you adore baking cakes. You adore baking goods specifically for birthday parties, specifically for elementary aged kids. Like you're just, that's really a hobby is what you're, that's what you're into. That could be the perfect thing to be a side hustle because you really, really love being director of marketing at that hospital. You adore um, putting together programs and bringing in new people and watching the metrics grow. And you don't want to abandon that for your love for cake baking. You can have both. You have your nine to five direct of marketing, but on the side, you have this business that allows you to bake your cakes. Maybe five years down the line, you want to reverse that or, you know, you focus on one and not the other, but you don't have to turn your hobby into your career. You can let your hobby be a side hustle that brings in some extra money each month or quarterly or however you, however you decide to structure it in the end. 
Love it. Now, it's always good to do technical and soft skills assessment when preparing for a promotion. What's your suggestion of completing the assessment without being overtaken by self-comparison of other goal-getting colleagues or industry peers? I would say from the very beginning, ignore industry peers because unless you know them personally, it's just pointless to compare yourself with industry peers because you don't know their story. You don't know certain things about them that would allow their current level of success or experience or exposure, what have you, to make sense for you. So you might end up envying someone that if you really knew their story, you would not envy them at all. You would never want to trade places with them if you knew their story. So I would encourage people, like, just close your eye to industry peers. Celebrate them and then just keep it moving. As far as goal-setting colleagues, I would specifically define colleagues for this purpose as someone that has worked with you previously or is working with you currently. But I would ask your personal advisory team. I think everyone should have a personal advisory team. Um... Nonprofits and businesses aren't the only people or the only group that's allowed to have an advisory team. Your advisory team could be made up of a pool of people. It could be previous coaches, managers, colleagues, close friends, or people in the same industry as you. But you get to pick them. That's the beauty of it all. A lot of us are looking for mentors. And if that's great, if you have one, if you don't, you can always have an advisory team. But I think that you should ask these people that you trust their opinion, who know you well, both personally and professionally. Professionally is more important than personally, though. And ask them a a series of questions. Like you can even put together, you can Google skills assessments as well, but you can put together uh, a couple of questions that are important to you and literally email them and ask them to respond, to be open and honest. Let them know why you're doing it, you know, your purpose behind it, how you're going to use the information. You can talk to them on the phone. Reach out to people the, the way they prefer to be communicated for sure, but gather this information because it will give you a really good look at how people see you. And although people, you know, it's common to say, you know, at the end of the day, what I think of myself is what matters most. I don't disagree with that. However, when you're taking into consideration a promotion, which is an opportunity, which is attached to a person, it's important to know how that person or how these persons perceive you professionally and personally. So I think a skills assessment with people that you trust, people that you know, is an important step because you might think you are just open and in the department and folks might think you're very closed off. So it's important to know what other people are thinking because those soft skills assessment for sure, technical people let you know much quicker sometimes than soft skills, but those soft skills are oftentimes like that last missing piece to the puzzle that might cause a promotion to go from one person to another person. Very true. Now, we both know that it takes courage to shake, up, to shake up your comfort zone to experience the unknown. Now, how can one continue to build their courage to dismiss perceived setbacks that may have encountered during this process? Because so, you're very vulnerable. It, yeah. You're vulnerable, and it's just like you might have this internal raised eyebrow, like, what are they about to say? Or what mm-hmm. do I really need to make this step of... Um, 
up-leveling my skills or just going for something different. So Sable, what are your thoughts? <laughs> that was such a good voice just now. I felt like I was like on ABC seven nightly news. Um, <laughs> I know. Sorry. I'm the queen of tangents, but um, I'll say what I used to say to students. I'll, I'll say it in that perspective and then I'll, I'll tweak it for this conversation. So when I was teaching, I worked with seniors, even though everyone still thought I was in high school, but you know, I didn't mind. It was that Ole skin cream. Let me stop. No, it wasn't. But when seniors were starting to explore this whole college process, there were certain students that it didn't matter how bright, smart they were. You told them upliftment, empowerment, blah, blah, blah. They were scared to even apply for certain colleges and universities out of the fear they wouldn't get in. And I would tell them, don't self-select. Of course, it's hard to hear the no, to read the no for colleges. They mail you the no. I don't even know if they still mail no's. I hope they're not emailing no's. Um, but it's really hard to stomach the no because it starts this, it just naturally starts these series of questions of what did I do wrong? Was I not good enough? Was I not the right fit? It, it turns into a series of negative questions. When it comes to this whole promotion and shaking up comfort zones, comfort zones and the unknown, I would switch it to say, don't self-select when it comes to information and opportunity. So don't not go to the networking opportunity because you think you're not going to read the, mic per the right person. Switch it. What if you do? Because that's what I would say to the student. Okay, so you don't want to apply to the school because you think they might say no. But what if they don't? What if they say yes? Then what? And then their eyes would get big and you could see them starting to think. They're like, oh, well, I don't know. What if they give me, what if they don't give me enough money? Well, what if they do? Change the conversation. It's like, it's, it's a battle because some, some of us are wired to just look at the negative before we look at the opportunity. Now I'll tell people, I'm a realist. I don't identify as a pessimist. I don't identify as a, um, someone who's always um, optimistic about things. No, I, I throw myself directly in the middle because I look at both sides like, okay, you might not get the promotion, but what if you do? Then what? So when it comes to the comfort zone, I think just keep your, trying your best to keep your mindset open to what if it does work out. What if it does, if it does come to pass? Like what if it does versus what if it doesn't? That makes things a lot easier to put yourself out there for. It doesn't mean it will work out, but if it doesn't work out, at least you know you tried versus constantly going, well, what would have happened if I would have tried? You don't want that type of battle because that's a different battle to fight. So when it comes to courage, you know, a lot easier, I could have said this in three words, don't give up, but people say that all the time. For me, it's switch the mindset. What if it does work out? And if it doesn't work out, at least you know you tried. Bravo. Bravo. I love it completely. Now, for some, their journey to their next promotion may not be instant. It could be six months, two years, five years. Everyone's timeline is different. What <sighs> advice do you have for them to stay the course of investing their time, resources, and energy into accomplishing this goal? 
I think this is such a good question because if you're not focused on you and your end goal, it takes a matter of T minus two seconds to go, why is it happening for everyone else and not happening for me? It takes very little energy to, to be negative. It's, it, for some of us, it just happens naturally. For some of us, it doesn't. Um, like I said, I'm one of those people, I'm very much, I'm naturally in the middle. I have to work to be on the positive end of things when it comes to certain things. But remembering your end goal is the easiest way to stay focused on you. It's the easiest way to stay focused on your journey. And time is relative. I've learned that. So what might feel quick to you might have felt like eternity to someone else and vice versa. So don't worry about someone else's timeline. Just focus on constantly working towards your end goal. Of course, making room for vacations and personal days, but I don't believe in like sleeping when you're dead, that grind to you die um, saying that gets thrown out all the time. No, I believe in getting a full night of rest each and every night, but focusing on your timeline and your end goal is the best way to stay the course. Because the minute you start comparing and contrasting to other people, you are taking yourself off course, and then you might start doing things they did, thinking it'll work out for you when that was never your course to take in the first place. So just remembering your end goal and then remembering there are no special dates for this. So although you might create a date for yourself, it's a target date. So you're trying to get there. That doesn't mean it's going to happen by then. And if it doesn't happen by that target date that you set for yourself, that doesn't mean it's not going to happen at all. You just extend the timeline. Perfect. Now, Sable, what type of conversations need to take place and who should they be had with professionally and personally when preparing for a promotion in the making? Because it's, it's a formula, right? Yeah, there is a formula. I would say there's a few things to take into consideration. This promotion, is this happening in your current place of employment or is this promotion that you are gearing up for is this somewhere else if it's in your current place of employment there's a very specific timeline that happens there then if you're like all right well after i'm i'm putting in my two weeks because i got a promotion elsewhere um that being said it's kind of skills assessment so on a personal side kind of what we we were talking about early with your advisory board talking to close friends uh family members people you've worked with before you know, doing that skills assessment, making sure if you want to be VP of, I don't know why my brain's on marketing today, but if you want to be VP of marketing or senior vice president of marketing, you know, and they really want you to have this strong analytical background, but you don't, you're going to have to find a way to make, to, to get that and, and to make that happen. So doing an all around skills assessment with, with folks is important, but as far as like professionally in the office, it's, Every, every organization and every company is, is operating off of this fiscal year timelines. For some folks, it's July 1st. For some folks, it's January 1st. For some folks, it's September 1st. Whatever that quarterly timeline is, you know that 
when they are, when, when the partners and coaches or, or leaders of departments are having these conversations about promotions, they're not having them two weeks before it gets announced. They're having those conversations months ahead. That means you have to plan well in advance these conversations that need to take place between you and your coach, your manager, your advisor, your leader, however it's structured, and letting them know you're interested in what do I need to do, et cetera. You know, I'm, I'm interested in this. I would like to be considered for these projects. I want to be on these projects because you know that project is going to get you the analytical skill that you're lacking to get to SVP. It's like you're planning this out well in advance. A lot of people are waiting to a company or organization announces who was promoted to go to be upset, but their manager never knew that they were interested in a leadership position in the first place. So these conversations are constantly happening. They are strategic. You're being mindful of the timeline and you're really planning well in advance for this promotion. It's not a, let me just cross my fingers that they're going to throw my, my name on a piece of paper and the hat, shake it up, pull it out. And like, Oh, Michelle's been promoted. Like that's just not how this works. So I think that people really need to wrap their, their brain around the timeline that is behind someone getting someone getting promoted. Now, I personally, I don't subscribe to the trial and fail mindset. I prefer trial and learn because you're, that's when you're creating and positioning yourself for your next promotion. You're learning from every action that you, that you take. So Sable, what's your suggestion on tracking your lessons, incorporating them into your career, your up-level strategy? So first I have to start saying trial and learn. (laughs) I'm going to confess right now. I normally, I don't even know if I say try and fail. I just know that I don't say trial and learn. So there's that moment of reflection. As far as tracking your lessons, write it down. So some of us are, we're, we're journalers. We will write down how we felt that day. We'll write down what we were thinking. We'll write down our goals. We'll have a very beautiful curated vision board. And those are all good things. I think that we need to have like a professional journal for, for lack of better terms. And in those, you are, you're writing down what the goal was that you had in mind. You are writing down what actually happened. And then you're reflecting on it because it's in reflection. It's in a, a SWAT, a personal SWAT of strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats that you really figure out, figure out how to get stronger for the next time. So some teams will swap together. Some departments will swap together. Managers and coaches sometimes will swap together. They might not call it a swap, but at the end of the day, a lot of the conversations, if you are flying a wall, it is a swap. I think that as individuals, we have to take responsibility for performing a swap of ourselves for whatever role we played in, you know, whatever goal it was that we were trying to achieve, be it professionally or personally, but definitely performing professional SWAT. So maybe the team didn't reach the goal and you did really good for your deliverables, but if the team didn't reach the goal, then there's something that you can highlight in that SWAT. So yeah, maybe you were like, feet to the ground and you just went for it and you did everything you were supposed to do, but you never checked in on your colleagues to see if they needed additional support. Even when you finish your portion of the project early, 
you can perceive that as an opportunity and you can perceive that as a weakness. It's an opportunity for you to become a better teammate, which will make you a better leader in the long run. It's also a weakness that you were on a team and completely forgot about the other people who were responsible for other deliverables because you were so focused on doing your part and you thought it was good, but it's not great if everyone didn't finish and the project was a dud in the end as a whole. So I think when it comes to trial and learn, it's performing professional SWATs on your own. And if you do that, you'll see some common threads that will arise and you can pit that against the information, the skills assessment that you asked your personal advisory board to see if there are even more common threads. And that'll give you a really good picture on what you need to work on. And what is just your popping skill set? Like, oh, you, you are just the bomb.com with this. But with this little piece right here, it's like, ooh, if I want this promotion, I'm really going to have to work on that. True. Now, how have you or are you creating for your next career promotion? So I would say that, yes, I am working on it. I don't think it happened intentionally as much as I've been talking about being strategic. Um, I don't think that this started with the idea of, of promotions and such in mind. But for a long time, I've operated under the guise of exploration and resume building. But what I realized in the current season that I'm in, it's not resume building, it's experience building. So I would say that as far as have I, yes, the, the current job that I have, they were interested in my education background, but they were more intrigued by what I do with Real Brown Girls. And we spent the majority of the interview talking about that and what I've learned and what I wish I would have done better, et cetera, et cetera. So my current job, the education was like a plus. But I would say Real Brown Girls was a plus, plus, plus. Um, yeah, for sure. They're like, yeah, we know that you've taught. Great. Tell us about RBG. Um, we went on the website. Like, we're really impressed. Talk to us about it. And because I sometimes have no home training, Michelle, I said, well, what do you want to know? Because there's a lot to tell you. Um, and then they cackled and they asked their question. And then we went on from there. So that was a have I, and I would say currently with creating, yes, but right now I'm doing the, see, I'm good now, trial and learn. I'm experience building. I'm trying out some things. It's either going to work out or it's not going to work out, but I'm going to learn either way. And I won't have that what if I would have question because I'm like, oh no, I did it. And this is what I learned from it, whether it was successful or whether it was not so successful. Well, congratulations for that, because that's awesome. It's awesome when your passion project opens doors for you. For sure. I was actually shocked that the majority, I would say like 70% of the questions were all related to RBG. Yeah. I'm not surprised. That's, awesome. <laughs> that's awesome news. <laughs> <laughs> 
Now, Sable, I appreciate the opportunity to be your guest instructor for the Her Career by Intent series. And thank you for sharing your professional development insight and tips and strategies with the Career Tipper podcast listeners. Before we wrap up this conversation, please share a quote or affirmation that will keep the listeners inspired to accomplish their next level of professional best intentionally. So in reflecting on which quote I would use, I just realized fourth grade must have been a pivotal year for me because I think the, the affirmation I shared last time was also or one learned in the fourth grade. This yeah. one was specifically from my teacher, who I also still talk to from this day. So be careful if you go into education, students will not leave you alone ever. But this one was good, better, best. Never let it rest until your good is better and your better is best. High five. High fiving back. Yes, ma'am. Now, please share how the listeners can get in touch with you and also sign up for the course, Her Career by Intent. So if you want to find out more information and or sign up for Her Career by Intent, you can do so by going to realbrowngirls.teachable.com. It's the very first course listed. If you want to get in touch with me or stay in touch with all things Real Brown Girls, you can email me at info at realbrowngirls.com, website realbrowngirls.com, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at realbrowngirls. And you can find me, Michelle Beatty, at careertipper.com and on Instagram and Facebook at careertipper and on Twitter at careertipper1. Thank you for following. And also, if you enjoyed this episode or any other episode of the Career Tipper podcast, please leave us a five-star review on iTunes. Thanks for joining. And until next time, be confidently you. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Career Tipper podcast. We're grateful for our listeners and guests. For more resources about how to evolve to your professional best, share your comments and feedback about this episode and your suggestions for future guests, visit careertipper.com. Until next time, be confidently you.